Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're listening to KFI AM640 On Demand. Just a reminder, the real heat doesn't get here for a little while yet. Got that going for us. It's Chris Merrill, KFI AM 640. More stimulating talk. Glad to be with you here this afternoon and uh, glad to update you uh, as we dive into There's No Business Like Show Business. Show Business. Yeah, show you. business, Kayla. Yeah, I appreciate that. <laughs> Boy, I just have everybody on the same page. I just love you for that. That's wonderful. <laughs> We've got. <laughs> I miss rehearsal. Sorry. <laughs> Sometimes it's funnier to leave the host hanging. Am I right? Uh, I, I There are times, I'm not going to lie, there are times that I'm hanging and it's super uncomfortable and I know how funny it is from the outside looking in. And I'm like, So I actually appreciate it on occasion. Uh, so there's good news with the, uh, the, the Writers Guild strike. It sounds like the producers are finally, finally talking. So this is the first time the two sides have met for a negotiating session since before the WGA strike began more than 100 days ago. This is uh, KCAL, by the way. Yeah, remember they, they met last Friday, like a week ago? They met they met about meet. It was a meeting about a meeting. God, I hate those. If there's anything worse than a meeting, it's a meeting about a meeting. Oh. Brutal. Part of the reason I can't actually work in any sort of a business environment is I just don't have the patience. I don't have it at all. All right, so what was what went down in this negotiating meeting? And here's what we know right now. Okay. In a statement sent out to its members, the WGA negotiators would only say they received a counterproposal oh. from the studios, and they would not evaluate it or go on to details right now. They're going to evaluate that. Con- the uh, You want to start that over? Uh, listen, I've been there. I know what it's like. Go ahead. The offer and have a response next week. Okay. Looking forward to that response. Wonder what was in the counter offer. The statement goes on to say that sometimes more progress can be made in negotiations when they are conducted without a blow-by-blow description of the moves on each side. The uh, WGA says for now that will be their approach. And I just heard a short time ago from the AMPTP spokesperson, that's the studios. They say right now they are not commenting on the talks. But Pat, this is the first counter proposal since the strike began that going to the uh, WGA. So we'll see if they you know, respond tonight, tomorrow, they said next week, so we'll see if that changes. Here's what we can read from this. The counterproposal is not insulting. The counterproposal is a legitimate counterproposal from the studios. If the counterproposal were so outlandish, then the Writers Guild negotiators would have taken some bites out of it. They would have grabbed little phrases and clauses from that contract, and they would have said, the producers are not being uh, serious about this. The studios don't care about the people. As you can see, they still don't want to uh, negotiate on AI. As you can see, they, they seem to think that our writers are simply uh, uh, Uber drivers with pens. They're not saying any of that. Which means that the counter proposal is serious. It won't be the final. 
But it means that while the writers have thrown out the here's what we want, their list of demands, and the studios initially came out and went, you're crazy, you want us to pay people for doing people things when we can have computers do people things? Oh, how dare you? And then stand still for 100 days. Now, studios have finally come back and they said, all right, here's a serious counterproposal. And remember, it was the studios that reached out last week week and a half ago, I guess, it was the studios that reached out and said, hey, we'd like to meet you about meeting you. God, it's so brutal. Nothing worse than meetings about meetings. Nothing. So when the Writers Guild says we will evaluate their offer and after deliberation get back to them, and as you heard the report from KCAL, they feel like there are times that negotiating is best done without giving a blow-by-blow of everything. Yeah, do you know when that time is? That time is when you feel like you're making progress. And so if you are watching these negotiations, if you're watching this strike, if you're watching the the daily ins and outs of what's going on, if you're holding a sign on a picket line, if you're a writer who's wondering if you are going to be able to make rent come November, this is a good sign for you. Because if, if this were bad... The Writers Guild would tell you it's bad. If this were an insult, they would share that insult with you in order to energize the workers. Because if they feel slighted, if you're if you're a worker and somebody comes to you and says, uh, you know, your your kid is ugly, then you're gonna go, screw you, and you are energized, right? But if somebody comes to you and says, hey, I'd like to work out a deal with you, you go, okay, go on. You don't necessarily have to take to the streets if you've got a good deal in the works. Now, if it starts to fall apart, I'm not saying burn your picket signs here. I'm saying maybe just keep them in the front of the garage or wherever you keep them, the balcony of your apartment, whatever. I don't know. But whatever it is, maybe don't get rid of your picket signs quite yet, but get ready. Because it sounds like we have actual momentum on the Writers Guild strike. Now, the good news is the studios sounds like they're ready to make a deal. Now, don't think that the studios have just been standing around thinking, I don't know, we're just waiting around a little bit. Now, I know some of the studio heads have said that their plans are basically to, to weaken the workers, to make them suffer until they're ready to come crawling back. But the the studio negotiators aren't that dumb. They're not. And they probably went to the studio heads and they said, hey, if you could do us a favor and shut the hell up, that would be really helpful for our negotiations. Thanks. So these studio uh, negotiators have been sitting around and saying, okay, if we offer the writers this and this and this and this, the actors are going to want this and this and this and this. So they're trying to figure out how much do we want AI to be incorporated into the writing room because we're certainly not going to have any more AI when it comes to the actors. So they're going to try to figure out how much they can get for AI, if, if the AI is even going to be a part of this contract, if they're going to uh, allow for some usage. Because they know that the actors aren't going to take less than the writers get. I made this point months ago. Months ago, because I've watched enough Frankly, it's sports, and I know you've probably got that person in your office that brings everybody back to sports, and it's so annoying. They always use sports analogies and whatnot, but I've seen this happen before. 
So let's say that you've got a, a few really great quarterbacks that are all up for contract renewals. Right? Whoever goes first gets the worst. Whoever goes first is going to get a contract, and they're going to all of a sudden there's going to be a headline that so and so Patrick Mahomes is the highest paid quarterback in the league, and every quarterback that's up for renewal after that says I'm not taking any less than they gave him, because they know what the market will handle now, right? And so when you had what looked like it was going to be a trifecta of strikes, and the directors avoided it, but it looked like it was going to be a trifecta. The writers had gone on strike. SAG was voting to to uh, allow a strike. And it looked like the directors might go on strike themselves. I said, whoever goes last will get the best deal. Whoever goes first is going to get the worst deal. It might be an okay deal for them at the time, and it might be just fine. But no one after the directors is going to take less than the, than the directors got. And so the writers come through and they say, we want residuals for streaming. We want to be able to see what's going on with the streaming. We want AI to be out of the writer's room. When the actors come to the table, they're going to say, well, listen, you told the, you told the writers that AI is out of the room. You told the writers that you'd open up your books on streaming numbers. You told the writers that uh, they can get residuals. Mm, we want all those things. So the actors are taking a look at what the directors got. They're taking a look at what the writers are getting. And the actor, SAG, is going to go in and say, Listen, everything they got plus a little more and we're back to work. It will wrap up a bit faster. This is really good for momentum. When it comes to the writers back to the negotiating table, it builds momentum to get the studios back online. The studios know that negotiating with the writers is setting the tone for the negotiation with the actors. And they called the writers and they said, we want to meet about a meeting. They did that over a week ago. Now they got they set a counterproposal now. And the Writers Guild is not mocking it publicly, which means it's a serious counterproposal. This is good news. It's good news. And I'm never wrong about these things. Ever. All right, the future of America may not be on your cable box. It might be on your internets, and I can't wait to pay-per-view a billionaire slap fight. Next, Chris Merrill, KFI AM 640. We're live everywhere on your iHeartRadio app. You're listening to KFI AM 640 On Demand. I'm hoping for absolute devastation. Really. Just hoping that the hubris meteor strikes the whole deal. Hey, it's Chris Merrill, KFI AM 640. More stimulating talk. Uh, do not pay for social media. Uh, if you're paying for social media, I guess good for you. I don't know why you would. If you're a business and you're paying for it because it's a way for you to market and to reach people, then that makes perfect sense to me. Totally makes perfect sense. If you're paying for social media so that you can have a little icon next to your face and, and people will see whatever trivial thing you have to say... Like, I, I think, frankly, I'm judging you. Really? I mean, do you just have too much money? Are you crying out for attention? I understand crying out for attention. Believe me. It's my whole life. I've just never paid for it. I don't really like that so much. And I'm wondering if you are someone who's paying your $8 to Elon Musk, the world's richest man. I'm wondering if that gets you the Musk-Zuckerberg fight. Because I feel like it should. Are they going to charge $50 for pay-per-view on this? According to Elon Musk, he announced Friday that the big fight with Mark Zuckerberg, the eighth richest man in the world, 
will take place at, quote, an epic location, end quote, in Italy. Ooh, maybe the Colosseum. Epic, man. Well, I mean, that's the first thing that comes to mind, right? <laughs> but maybe it'll be in one of those ancient Roman bathhouses or something. I don't know. This seems uh, a bit erotic, the two of them who like to oil up and take the shirts off and slap each other around. Uh, maybe we'll have some old... Uh, some some old like uh, well I guess it would be Greece I'm thinking of the Greco well it'd be Greco Roman wrestling right okay you yeah, know how, you know Greece. how I look at this I, I, go on I look at this as I'm in high school and the rumors going around that like the two nerdiest kids in school are about to beat each other up right after school like behind the boys locker room I have to see yes. that I have to see that happen yeah so will you. I mean, is it going to be pay per view? And if so, are you paying the fifty or eighty dollars to watch it? Oh no, I'll watch. Would you pay I'll, money to see the geeky guys fight. I'll watch it on YouTube and TikTok. No, it won't be available. They'll have to take it down. You know, Andrew, you make a really great point here because it's almost like Zuckerberg and Musk are unaware that this is twenty twenty three, and if they try. If they try to stream this on their services only, someone is immediately going to do a screen grab and stream it on YouTube. Yeah. And so all of the people that work for Zuckerberg, not Musk because he fired them all, but all of Zuckerberg's employees are going to be, they're going to spend their whole time sending out cease and desist to people who are streaming the fight live on YouTube or TikTok or whatever other service is out there, Vidstream or Streamio, or I don't know. I'm just making these up. They're probably actual companies, but I think I'm just making them up right now. Uh, they're they're going to be they're going to be constantly trying to stop these other companies from streaming it, and they're going to be on the phone with Google the whole time. Google, you need to take our fight down from YouTube. You can't let people on YouTube stream our fight. That's not fair. We're charging for it. This is copyright infringement. No fair. But yeah, I don't I don't know how you stop that unless it doesn't happen. So, Andrew, let's suppose that the two geekiest guys in school, let's call them Walter and Ned. Okay. Let's say that Walter and Ned are about to show down behind the boys' locker room after school, right? And you're getting ready for what is undoubtedly a glasses-off, fisticuffs match. <laughs> uh, when this happens, do you, I mean, do you even expect it to happen? Because at some point, Walter or Ned are going to be like, my mom says I shouldn't fight, which literally happened with this one. Elon Musk's mom said, no, Elon can't fight Mark. <laughs> I, I don't so, I don't know Elon's martial arts background, but I do know that Zuckerberg's is uh, pretty extensive. He likes to post about it on his own Facebook page. So, you know, I, I believe I believe that he, he would do a, a number on Elon. That's an interesting fact to know yeah. about Mark Zuckerberg. Oh, you didn't know that, Kayla? Oh, you knew yeah. that? Is that common knowledge? Yeah. Maybe we should have named um, the nerdiest kinda. guys Chris and Andrew. <laughs> well, I mean, they sit by us at the cafeteria. <laughs> yeah. While you're over there hanging out with Elon. Yeah, I just traded a Capri Sun with Mark. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so so Mark actually, uh, I think he's, what, 39 or something, and Musk is 51 or 52. But Musk said, I don't know, I might have to have surgery before the fight. And my mom said, I can't. And so it sounds like old Ned is backing out of the fight with Walter here is what I'm hearing. So I'm not so sure this is going to happen, although Musk did tweet that it was happening in Rome. And per uh, Andrew's supposition is that an epic location for a fight in Rome 
sure seems like the Coliseum would be it. But then we'd have to come up with a stupid name, right? Like Mayhem at the Coliseum, Clash at the Coliseum, or some other Italian thing. Piazza di Pain, Punishment at the Pantheon. (laughs) They just name the whole thing. Have you seen those two? I always love when they name the whole, like the whole episode. It's not just like the fight. They have to name like the the entire aura around it. The spoiling of Saint Peter. Right? There's a whole thing around it. I mean, if they really want to do this up, they get the Pope to officiate it. Right? <laughs> if the Pope comes in there and referees this thing. I'm down. Then I, mean, I will pay the $80. That's like Catholicism. <laughs> yeah. Right? Like, okay, I'm in. Pope is the official on this one. I'm digging this. Outside <laughs> viciousness in the Vatican. Yeah. But Zuckerberg says that uh, he doesn't think that Musk is going to follow through with it. In fact, the latest is that Zuckerberg told uh, people he doesn't want to talk about it anymore. He's like, this is stupid. Um, because Musk said that it was going to happen at this epic location, blah, blah, blah. Uh, now, let me see. I've got the exact quote here. Um, yeah, Musk was talking about it being streamed on X. Zuckerberg said maybe it should be on a more reliable platform, <laughs> which is hilarious. They've already started the trash uh, talking. I, I love that part of it. I dig that. Uh, let's see. Days after calling the idea in flux, Musk said the Italian government agreed to an epic location for the fight. And it would be managed by uh, Musk and Zuckerberg's respective foundations, not managed by the UFC. Zuckerberg shot down Musk's plans, this from Forbes, saying, I love that Forbes is now reporting on billionaires fighting billionaires. It used to be Forbes would report on IPOs, the latest uh, billionaire moves, what are they buying? No, now they're reporting on stupid slap fights between these idiots. Zuckerberg shot down Musk's plan saying, if he ever agrees on an actual date, you'll hear it from me adding that he would prefer to work with professional fight promotions such as UFC and one. I don't know what one is, but evidently they're a professional fight organization. Uh, so Musk says, no, no, I'm going to. Um, but Zuckerberg says it's time to move on because Elon won't confirm a date, says that if uh, Musk needs surgery and months of recovery before fighting, and he wants to do a practice round in Zuckerberg's backyard, so Zuckerberg says, look, I'm, I'm moving on. I'm not saying, I'm, this is it. We're done. So I guess Zuckerberg said uh, over text, telling him that he should train on his own and say that when he's ready to compete, adding he doesn't want to keep hyping something that will never happen. So I guess I guess Zuckerberg has told Musk, okay, stop. We're not, if you're not going to do it, then we need to stop talking about it. So Andrew, it sounds like you can just, you and, and Walter can keep hanging out there in the cafeteria because it looks like Ned is not going to fight. You know what? I will just put it into the the algorithm into the AI, and it'll tell me who, <laughs> how the match would go down. Who won? <laughs> <laughs> We've run this match a thousand times, and models predict Zuckerberg would win in the third round. Perfect. All right, it's retail madness. And are you ready for Christmas yet? One retailer wants you to be. That's next. KFI AM640. We're live everywhere in your iHeartRadio app. You're listening to KFI AM640 on demand. Hey, oh, Bernie Adams up uh, here at 4 o'clock. I'm Chris Merrill, KFI AM640. It's more simulating talk. Holy howdy. I was just uh, during the commercial break, I was checking to see if I have Sling at home. I don't have cable. I cut the cord a while ago. Uh, so I have Sling. 
And I don't watch a ton of live TV. My wife and I have, like, four streaming services. We drop Netflix, but we have, like, I don't know, Prime and HBO and uh, Hulu and uh, something. Oh, Apple TV is the other one that we have. And so, I don't know, we, we end up watching a lot of stuff on the streaming services. I don't I don't end up watching a ton of live TV. There are a few things on live TV that I, I, I just love, but I don't know if it's worth it. When I signed up for Sling years ago, it was $25. For I just have one package, right? They've got it split up into you can get all these channels and these channels, whatever, right? So I've got the the package. It's forty bucks a month. It was twenty five to start with. It's up to forty dollars now. Like I cut the cord because I didn't want to pay too much. If I wanted a simple basic package for forty dollars, I would have kept cable. But I looked at it because I have to. We got um, football season is coming up here, and so I always have to make sure I get my. NFL Red Zone. If you're unfamiliar, Red Zone is it's like all the football games without commercials. They just kind of bounce around. Whichever team is the closest to scoring, they go to that game. And I love watching football that way. I love it. I don't watch any of the commercials. I don't have to sit through you know, how many times. Oh, let's watch this replay seven times. Nope. Just, hey, while they're going to commercial, let's go over to this game where they're getting ready to kick off, or let's go over to that game where they're on the five-yard line getting ready to score. Love that. Love it. So that's 11 bucks a month for that. Uh, in my opinion, that's totally worth it. I just don't know if I want to stick around. Everything seems to be going up. It's up and up and up and up. I see Disney Plus is going to raise their rates now, too. If you want the commercial-free version of Disney Plus, I think they're going to say it's like, uh, $14. Ad-free version of Disney Plus starting in October is going to cost $14. That's double what the price was when it was unveiled. The ad-free version of Hulu is going to be $18. It's up to $15, but I... Th- yeah, it's probably about right for the ad-free version. And also, Disney Plus says they're going to crack down on password sharing. Fascists. So... Uh, get ready. Disney's losing money, so they want your uh, they want yours. Uh, I guess they lost five hundred twelve million in the second quarter, and Disney's direct to consumer division, which includes Disney Plus, Hulu, and ESPN Plus, has lost more than ten billion dollars since Disney Plus debuted in twenty nineteen. Ten billion dollars. Although I'm always skeptical of stories like this, and I'll tell you why I'm skeptical because we have a strike going on. So they're saying, oh, we're facing headwinds. We can't afford it. We can't give you more money and residuals. We can't do this. We can't. We're losing money. You actors, you writers, you should be paying us to work for us. We're really taking it hard right now. We can't even. It's it's not even fair. So I don't know how much I buy into this. I do know that the streaming services have been money sucks. I don't know exactly why. For instance, CNN. Remember CNN had their CNN Plus? And how long did that last? Like, it was something stupid like a month, wasn't it? Like, ridiculously short. And they said, well, we just lost too much money. You lost too much money in a month? I mean, what kind of a rollout plan was that? And I don't know exactly what the expense is either. Is it... Server costs? Is it streaming costs? I'm not a pro on that, but $10 billion seems like a lot of money to be losing in four years over streaming stuff that you already own. So I don't know where that loss is coming. Anyway, I just see that everything keeps going up. Inflation is up. So my sling is going to cost more. My football is going to cost more. So looks like my wife's not getting an anniversary present again.
Which is too bad, too, because I see that Home Depot just dropped their Christmas catalog. Christmas catalog? You know what the most disappointing thing about Home Depot already putting out their holiday catalog is? They've already sold out of some of their big decorations. So you have Halloween is still, what, two and a half months away? Christmas is four months away? Three and a half? Something like that? I'm not good at calendar math. But evidently, already out of stock, the eight and a half foot posable Santa is out of stock. If you wanted the nine foot ornament shaped arch for your walkway, out of stock. Um, They only released their Halloween collection last month. That had the 13 foot tall animated Jack Skellington from the Nightmare Nightmare Before Christmas. That's out of stock. Although I can understand that. That's pretty cool. Uh, the idea that we have Christmas in August and people are already buying things so quickly, it's going to be delivered and then sit in the garage. And this is what makes me so angry about these holidays and all the decorations. They sit in the garage for 11 months of the year, and my wife loves it. She loves it. We have more space taken up in the garage with Halloween and Christmas decorations than we do for tools in a garage. And I am a man. I have many, many tools and pegboard to hang the tools on. And we have more space taken up with Christmas decorations and holiday decorations than we have for manly tool things in the garage, which is absolute garbage. And to add insult to injury, Amazon has now decided they're going to double up on their Prime deals. They're going to have another Prime Day in October. Because Prime Day went so well, what was it, the end of... July, is that when they did it? The Amazon Prime Day? Yeah, they're going to do it again now in October. And you know what you're, You know what they're going to be selling? Christmas decorations. It's just ironic. My, because It's horrible. Well, the, the word Prime means like one, but now they're having multiple days. <laughs> just, I just saw that in my head. <laughs> I like the way your nerdy mind works. I do. That's why me and Walter are good great. friends, man. Yeah, so that's really great. You and Ned and Walter hanging out at the geeky table in the cafeteria. Yeah. That's super. I'm all, I'm for it. Hey, you guys want to steal a bit from Tim Conway Jr. and do a, a whip around? Okay. This is going to be fun. All right, here we go. Let's, Ding let's whip. All right. Headline, Nestle recalls cookie dough for possibly containing what? Is it bugs, wood chips, or rocks. Andrew Caravella. I'm going to go with wood chips. Andrew says wood chips. Kayla. I'm going to go with rocks. Kayla says rocks. Isn't that what Trader Joe's is having issues with? There's rocks in their food. Are they? I thought they were. I don't know. I'm just starting a bad rumor. Raul, you went in on this? Yeah, bugs. For sure, bugs. All right, he goes with bugs. The answer, Nestle recalls cookie dough for possibly containing... Wood fragments. Yeah. <laughs> Woo! So if you thought you had a chocolate chip cookie, you're wrong. You have a wood chip cookie. Sure enough, the Toll House chocolate chip cookie dough break and bake bar has been recalled due to some containing wood fragments, also known as wood chips. Now, 
Here's what I love. The products were produced on April 24th and 25th and distributed to various U.S. retailers. So, if you have not been depressed and eaten a log of raw cookie dough since April 24th and 25th, good news, you might still be able to return yours and get a refund. If you did eat it, can you sue and get money? Uh, not unless you've been harmed. Mm-hmm. Uh, you'd have to you'd have to call uh, uh, handle on the law on this one, but I think you'd have to have standing on this. Yeah, because it's they probably say, organic more than likely. Oh, so, oh, good. That's they just need to relabel it. Yeah. Uh, so far, no injuries or illnesses have been reported. However, a few customers have contacted the company about the issue, saying that's oh, weird. I got a sliver in my gums. It happens. <laughs> All right, we'll tell you how to Florida next. It's Chris Merrill on KFI AM 640. We're live everywhere on your iHeartRadio app. You're listening to KFI AM 640 On Demand. KFI AM 640, more stimulating talk. I'm Chris Merrill. Orny Adams up next and uh, Dr. Wendy Walsh after dark uh, to wrap up your evening. Good lineup today. Really, all-stars, top to bottom, if I may. I'm just going to throw myself in that that category. Uh, Here's how you Florida. So... You got people that have decided they are going to be uh, random body recovery specialists, right? I know. We will start looking for bodies to help the police out. So this guy, uh, Recon Dive Recovery, was searching uh, a lake, or rather, I think it might have been the ocean. Anyway, it was west of Miami International Airport in Doral. A commercial area filled with cafes, a pharmacy, and a car dealership. And what did they find? Not the body they were looking for. No, they found 30 cars dumped in the lake. 30. Now, how do you end up with 30 cars dumped in a lake outside of Miami? Well, speculation is that, because Florida, that while these guys were looking for a body that might have been in the lake, nope, probably just a bunch of uh, cars that were dumped in there because they had been used in crimes. According to uh, Fleming, says uh, there was a lot of crime during the cocaine wars in Miami. Many of the sunk cars were from the era of the 70s and 80s. It could have been dumped in the lakes by the cartels. They say it's unusual to find dozens of cars submerged in a single lake, but it's typical for week on the weekend or volunteer groups composed of divers and other specialists who help find missing people at the center of unsolved cases. Their searches often lead to them in uh, lead them to bodies of water and finding the occasional vehicle. They said, they said when a person and their vehicle have both gone missing and it's a cold case, it's a high likelihood that the vehicle is underwater. This is a story from the New York Times. Several cars were found under a lake last May in Deerfield Beach, Florida. And according to uh, this guy and the, the news story from the New York Times, uh, other uh, dive search groups who are just volunteer organizations uh, who help find missing loved ones even after the local authorities have moved on, they started searching the lake and they discover cars. So... You gotta love Miami, Florida, man. Florida. Hey, we're looking for a dead body, but what did we find? Oh, 30 cars connected to drug cartel crimes. Florida. Would that happen here? Nope. Lake Mead is nearly empty. The mafia was operating out of Las Vegas. And you know how many mafia tied bodies they found in the lake? One. Granted, they found like four bodies total, but one. One that was in a barrel. Only one body in a barrel in Lake Mead. But Florida, they're looking for a body, and they just find a bunch of cars that have been dumped. Just excellent, Florida. Keeps getting better. And then news for 
uh, Kayla. Kayla, it seems that the younger generation has decided uh, on TikTok to no longer call the man's white tank top undershirts wife beaters. What are they calling it now, these young people? Because I still say wife beater, but I could be wrong, obviously. Come to find out, most people still call it a wife beater, but you're supposed to call it now a wife pleaser. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't even make any sense. Yep. No, it's true. Um, okay. Um, the wife beater term started, according to GQ, started in 1947. A man wearing one of these undershirts, originally called the A shirt, when it was introduced alongside jockey briefs by Coopers in the 1930s, this man was arrested for murdering his wife. His mugshot was captioned, the wife beater, and he was wearing a wife beater. So the reputation of the white tank top was not, as this history argues, helped by its portrayals in pop culture, including as a garment of choice for the abuse of Stanley Kowalski in A Streetcar Named Desire, and then by Tony Soprano. So now, uh, I guess Ned Flanders on The Simpsons didn't call it a wife beater, but in 2011 called it a wife pleaser. Uh, and the New York Times told people five years ago, stop calling it a wife beater. It's not a wife pleaser. So now TikTok has decided to start calling out the wife pleaser. Just I, out of curiosity. I, I don't know most women who are with a man who wears one of those and are pleased. I, I exactly just, I, I don't. I have to agree with Andrew. The wife beater started for a reason. You can't just change it because it rhymes. We need a reason. Is there a man pleasing his wife in that shirt? If not, we need a new name. White tank top In the history of mankind, no. Exactly. No, no. I mean, the only time that we ever saw that being worn, that it wasn't in some sort of a derogatory stereotype, was like in the 1950s when men still wore their pants up around their belly buttons with a big black belt, right? And it was like, oh, I've got my slacks pulled up and I've got my undershirt on. I'm ready to mow the lawn now. Come on, kids. Everyone outside, the ice cream truck is here. Yay! Happy nuclear family. No. And back then, Wives were not pleased. No, they weren't. No. No. So I'm going to have to say, TikTok, no, I'm calling you out. I mean, if you don't want to call it a wife beater anymore, which we're still going to do, uh, you can just call it a, a tank top. But they said, oh, no, that's clumsy. Calling it a, a tank top undershirt is clumsy. But not a you wife pleaser? That. That's that's clumsy to me. Right. Although yeah. they, they did show some photos. I will say that... Um, that shirt style on some muscular athletes and things like oh, that, yeah. it works. Yeah. Or attractive women wearing those. I will say that works. I don't hate that look. Well, to stay on uh, brand with today's PC society, I'm going to just say that that new name just makes it sexist and I'm offended. Because, because wives don't need to be pleased. They can find joy in their own lives. They don't need a man to please them. <laughs> It never looks good saggy either. Have you noticed that? Like, I'm a big guy. I wouldn't wear one because I wouldn't want it tight on me. You have to wear that tight, which means it fits the muscular physique really well. It doesn't fit. It doesn't fit beefy dudes like me at all, right? I mean, if you wanted to give it a non-sexist name, nipple hugger? How about, you go with that? How about spouse shirt? A spouse shirt. <laughs> I like where you're going. It's not sexist. 
it's inclusive. Although, what if I'm just anti-institution uh, of marriage? Then it doesn't... What if we just call that the significant other beater? How about partner tank? <laughs> See, I don't want to get rid of the violent aspect of it. I still want to hang on that part. <laughs> okay. Just for posterity, right? So Partner yeah. beater. Partner beater, right. Partner thrasher. Oh, there we go. Of that yeah, sort. That's good. What if you called it the Florida top? <laughs> I would not be just, against that. That just grabs everything. It wraps everything up all into one. Like, you wear this, maybe you wrangle alligators, maybe you hide bodies, maybe you please your spouse. It's just the Florida top. There. Once again, friends, I just fixed society. And I did it with, like, five seconds to spare. Can't wait to talk to you next week. Ornie Adams up next. Chris Merrill, KFI AM 640. We're live everywhere on your iHeartRadio app. KFI AM 640. On demand. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.